Hello Society, Chris here. You're listening to the Breon Davis interview for the extended edition of Alejandro Jodorowsky's 2013 film, The Dance of Reality. We had a great conversation with Breon about this, so let's jump in and enjoy. As always, you can subscribe at our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Society or wherever you get your podcasting apps. Hello, fellow societal cinemaniacs. Yosh here, Chris here, Aaron here, Paul here. It's Dead Cinema Society, and we have a special bonus episode for you guys today. We have a special guest from a film that we recently viewed called Embrace of the Serpent. I believe that was three weeks ago, and there he is. There Brian he is. David. Yes. Right on 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 guys. <laughs> ah, it feels like home. Oh man! <laughs> I'm gonna hide my vision board. Just no, no, no. Uh, oh, we should, all we should. My, all my. No, no oh, we man. we should start on your vision board. We should start on your vision board. Exactly. Yes. Vision board. Oh my god! Yeah, I can, uh, I can support that. What's How's up, brother? It's going, man. It's great. Oh, uh, this is great. Now I can see your names because in the in the in the video I I don't see your names, so I was trying to like match everybody with. Well, allow, allow us to introduce ourselves. I'm Yoshi. Hey, Yoshi. Thanks for all the communication. Absolutely. Go ahead, I'm guys. Chris. I'm the precocious one. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Precocious email guy. <laughs> and I am Aaron Mann. Aaron, we go way back. Yes. Back to yeah. the IG days. Yep. Uh, Brianna, Paul. Uh, yeah, Paul and I, uh, we do have a connection. So since we're having a green room moment here, uh, you were hugely influential on a friend of mine, Brendan Hanrahan, from your AUN days. Um, I don't yeah. know if you're still coaching there or not. Um, not there, but I'm still coaching. Correct. That's yeah, what Brendan I, is. Oh, man, he's such a great actor. He's, you know, he's, he's, he's a great actor. Yeah, no, he adores you, and I thought, God, if we uh, if we needed to warm it up any more than it already is, you at least have a we're a degree or two of separation away from each other. Have okay. we met before, Paul? Because uh, I I feel like uh, well, we haven't. So my wife and I saw you in 2015. Uh, you did Bent at the Taper. Oh yeah. And uh, she was like, "Wait, did we?" I said, "We were there August 23rd. I I must. I, I think you were in a Sunday performance because we were there on a Sunday." Um, yeah, it was that was a tremendous show. She actually had to leave. She had to leave when the rocks started moving, and she was like, "I just saw how broken she was, and I felt so bad because we were there with clients, but at the same time, my wife is weeping at how moving uh, that scene was." So, yeah, that was that was a hard one. Depending on which Sunday you were there, I mean, we went through. Um, you know, the first the opening night I think was a Sunday or opening night. And uh, the whole bridge stopped. <laughs> and so, you know, Jake Sears was coming down from the thing and yes. like his feet were dangling and we were trying to figure out how to do the choreography. <laughs> it was crazy. So what was wow. this piece you guys are talking about? Bent, you said? Yeah, Bent. Bent. Yeah, yeah, and what, yeah. what is it, Brian? So Bent is uh, by Martin Sherman. He is a, um, a playwright. Bent really focuses on the gays and the Holocaust. And it centers around the relationship between the whole second act is a relationship between these two uh, prisoners who develop a relationship. Um, and, you know, it's, it's probably one of the only uh, plays about and films about the gay experience in the Holocaust. Um, and you, there's a film called Bent 
Um, Mick Jagger plays Greta. Um, and uh, Greta is kind of like the cabaret, uh, the, the only song in the, in, the, in the musical. And I understudied Jake Shears in that. Um, and it, it was, it's an extraordinary play. Uh, it will bring tears to your eyes. It's awful. <laughs> Every <laughs> it's Paul, better you when you say it. How, uh, how do you feel the the film held up? Do you think the film did a, a decent job? Yeah, I mean it's very indie. I think you guys could probably do a review on it. I mean, go back to 1970. Ian McKellen played uh, uh, the Max and uh, one of the main characters, and then Jay, um, uh the Rolling Stones guy, Mick Jagger, played um, Greta in the film. And then I can't remember the name of the other actor, but I, I, I think it was like Ian, um, Ian, Ian McGregor. Ian, Ian McGregor. Uh, Ewan, Ewan McGregor. Ewan, Ewan McGregor. McGregor. That's funny because I met Ian McKellen one time and I called him Mr. McGregor. I was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> I was so drunk. Oh, my God. Mr. McGregor. <laughs> But well, then Rion, actually, uh, McKellen I mean, came to see the show too, so I got a picture wow, of him. Nice. Luckily, he didn't amazing. remember me calling him McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you call me McGregor once? <laughs> it was funny. Well, Rion, on, yeah. on behalf of the society, we are we are very uh, honored and stoked that you are joining us today uh, in a very timely fashion, considering we just watched Embrace the Serpent about a month ago, and we were all. I mean, I think I can speak for all of us. Uh, we were all moved by your performance. Um, it's a wonderful film. Um, everything from the cinematography, the directing, the acting, and the story—it's it's all around a great film. It received an, an 8.8 from the society, uh, whatever that means. But we 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 really enjoyed it. And I think Aaron, isn't it your uh, like second favorite film you've seen so far, uh, as far as our journey goes? Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. Um, it, it gave me a lot of um, remnants of Dead Man. Yeah. Uh, you guys spoke about Dead Men, and I, I think I'd seen it a while back. Um, and yeah, I remember it being a great film. But I, I, you inspired me to rewatch it for sure. Oh yeah, you should revisit it. Um, I just, I love both of them, and there's so many similarities. And I kept drawing the, you know, the bridge between the two. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely up there on uh, my top movies we've seen as a show. Awesome. Awesome. So, so we're going to get into uh, talking to you about your experience with Embrace of the Serpent, but we're going to start off in Dead Cinema Society fashion with getting your experience watching the film Dance of Reality, which we just watched ourselves. Uh, about a I saw ago. your grading, and I hope that my grade can come in and lower it a little bit. Ooh. Oh, no. I knew it. I knew it. Join the team, please. I need yes. some backup. I oh, need, but I, but I listen to each one of your commentary, and I agree wholeheartedly. I, I do. Okay. Um, but yeah, whenever you guys are ready, let's do it. Yeah, let's jump right in. I, oh Brianna, you're letting me down, man. I thought you told me you loved it. I'm now by myself again. <laughs> uh, okay, so Chris, let's show that um, image real quick. Are we going to our uh, our? So this is uh, this is a. Uh, our score, our unified score was a 7.6. Oh, okay, because I thought it was like an 8.5. Uh, so I think Paul rated it an 8.5. Um, yeah. Paul the did. Mean, the mean average. Oh, okay. here's our four rankings. With that. Yeah, so I gave it a 9.4. Chris a 7.4. 
Paul an 8.5, and Aaron came in with that beautiful 5.1. 5. 5. 5. 1. Um, My lowest rating was, of the year. I was championing Aaron on that one. Oh, so, man. so Brion's coming in to tell us what's what. Brion, what's your ranking for Dance of Reality? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, it's no. tough because I did listen to all your commentary, and I, I agree with it. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it, and this is just in case uh, you know I ever want to work with that director again. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I'm probably going to give it a 5.6. I'm just going to go right above Aaron. Ooh. Um, uh, Aaron and, is so happy right now. It's a tough call, though. And here's and here's if you guys don't mind me just kind of expressing why no, I did hear your commentary. Yeah, it's it was. I love theater of the absurd. I love Brechtian theater. I love challenging the audience with an experience. Hands down, what won me over was the, the pee scene. I was thrilled with that. I oh, jumped okay. out of my sick bed and was like, fuck yeah, we rewound it and watched it again. Because it was so it was so human. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was so visceral and, and, and courageous of a move, right? Mm-hmm. And that actress had her um, job cut out for her. Yeah, to not only sing through the entire thing, um, and you guys can support me on names if, if you can, because I, I want to honor that. Um, but I've, I've just now overcome being really, really sick, and I got married on Sunday, and so it's been kind of a crazy week. Wow! Congratulations! Oh, Jeez, yeah. keep it quiet yeah. next time. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Man, thanks but for yeah, spending your honeymoon well. with the society. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, but yeah, that was that, that scene really won my favor. I think overall, um, when I look at a film um, that adventures like that, uh, and I think it really held itself together with all of those courageous moves, um, there just were some inconsistencies that I, I thought if you're going to be visceral and surreal and, and raw with, with something intimate like the, the pee scene, then I think you should also do that with the violence and the choreography of the fight scene. And I thought that that was lazy. I thought the, 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 the mock fight scene was, was lazy. Right. Um, and there were a couple of like missteps with when the knife was going into the horse and like the actor kind of feigned that, that stood out, that was sharp, you know? Um, I think that scene could have been redone. Um, these are my opinions. Uh, okay. I so, love the costume. The actress's, the actress's name is Pamela Flores, by the way. Mm-hmm. Pamela Flores. Yep. Beautiful. So, so, so I think um, for, for, the, for the fighting and, and all these moments where it feels like lazy like we were saying i think those i think those were choices that were made purposefully but i but i can also concede in how nobody ever does that and so i can understand why seeing that is sort of like off-putting in the sense that it's like well well why didn't you guys just do it like what is the actual intellectual reason why you would forego doing it is it just a budget thing is it a lazy thing like like you propagated so so yeah i can can concede there a little bit yeah and and if if that's the case true if that's deliberate then it also needs to be deliberate with the slaps the kid because that felt a little more real 
you know, and, and, and what is, you know, what, what is, uh, you know, am I going to live in realism or am I going to live when it's convenient and not when it's going to cost me some extra time and a stunt choreographer, you know, if I'm going to play that, if I, Chris, you'll take it over in a second. If yeah. I'm going to play, uh, the Jodorowsky apologist real quick, I would just say that maybe because this film is essentially like we talked about in our conversation already an attempt with for Alejandro to go back into his memory banks and heal himself from his childhood traumas perhaps the slaps really did happen so that's why they're real and perhaps some of the fantastical stuff that we see towards the middle and end of the film didn't actually happen but rather those were parts of the journey that he was having his characters undertake for the healing process yeah. Chris what were you going to say I now that you say that there are a lot of moments like that, Brion. Like, for instance, like the horse. Like, I I grew up with horses, and I thought because we saw a grown woman pee on a man, I thought we're gonna see an actual horse get, get shot. Mm. And I was I was thinking like, oh, okay, they're just not showing it because they, they probably couldn't get away with it. But then also you had the super fantastical of the the hair removal, where it was literally just a wig. So I was like, okay, I, I can see where you're going with that, where it's like, okay, you, you go full, like, grotesque and, like, shock value, or you go, like, full, like, from the mind of a child. So, like, taking off a wig, maybe the horse, like, in that moment turns into a dummy and they shoot it or something like that, but you see the, like, the dummy explode or something like that. But, yeah, it is, it is an inconsistency of shock, I think. I think you hit it right on the head there. Well, they yeah, stabbed the uh, they stabbed the donkey, right? Like they kind of had that. They cut, cut the donkey, yeah, yeah, that, or, yeah. That was well, pretty, but that for, wasn't real, right? They it don't felt they like it. Felt a little real. I was like, oh my god, are they abusing animals again? Like, well, that's so so a little context. Uh, if I again, <laughs> I'm just gonna be the apologist all episode. Uh, <laughs> Jodorowsky is guilty of animal cruelty in his earlier films, and he spoke about uh he's not a man of of regret but he did speak publicly about how the one regret he does have is that he he went there for sort of sort of shock value and and i agree i think there's no there's never an excuse to hurt animals in, in the pursuit of art uh, in my opinion uh so i do know that he gave that up so there were no animals harmed during the process of dance of reality and that's why that moment with the horse where it was totally obvious that the actor the actor you know had to pretend that he was injecting him with that needle um, I guess I'd rather see that than, than the real thing. Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, Brianna, what else? I mean, so five point, what'd you get it? Five point, five point six, five point six. And what was yours, Aaron? Five point one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, just, just real quick, because I, I do appreciate the, the courage that it took to create a film like that. And you're going to find that almost in every everywhere except the United States for the most part. And South American filmmakers do that. And, and I, I, they take these risks, these chances, these, these amazing uh, leaps of faith to take from their, you know, vision and put it into tangible reality. Uh, and it's commendable. You know, I, I would, I have a great amount of respect. I just felt like there were some things that just, uh, come on guys, you know, 
Yeah, well, you're definitely not alone. And, you know, obviously nobody's right or wrong. And that's, you know, the nature of the beast that we've created here where, uh, you know, we come on here and we share our opinions of how a film affected us. And, mm-hmm. you know, some films are going to hit some people and some people are, are not, it's not going to hit other people. And yeah. it's actually nice. I'm actually happy for Aaron's sake that uh, you're more on his side with this because uh, I tend to, uh, you know, I tend to, I kind of, I kind of ripped, ripped a little hole in him a little bit in our, in our conversation. So it's nice to hear that he's not alone and that um, my opinions are not at the top of the holy mountain. Do you have any experience <laughs> with, uh, with Jodorowsky prior to this film? Uh, no, um, not, not intimately uh, familiar. The name obviously came up quite a bit. Um, uh, I, I, I view cinema and this is, probably a, a little bit of a downfall. I view cinema from a very uh, audience-driven uh, lens. Um, very rarely do I go in and do a lot of research on who played that role and, and the director, and, and it's probably a downfall on my part as a, as a filmmaker and, and actor. Um, if I am going to dive into a relationship with somebody, I do extensive research. Um, if something pulls me in, I have a friend and she's just a memory bank of information. I, I, I can't do it. She just consumes. Consu- she can tell you who did what, when and what time. And, and it's pretty amazing. But um, I, I don't. I'm not as familiar with his work. And I, I will be now. I'll keep an eye out for it for sure. Well, you're Brief, definitely yeah. not obligated to because <laughs> you might get more of the same. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I didn't want to jump in. And, and Brianna, I, I wanted to touch. I was moved by... Uh, the homage to his father. And I know you were very transparent uh, on your website. We'll give it a plug, briondavisglobal.com. Uh, you talked about the loss of your father. It deeply moved me because uh, I lost my father uh, not too far from when you lost yours. And I didn't know, uh, the movie really stirred me. I was curious if you had any reaction to it, uh, positive or negative. Uh, I'm not here to you know, suss out the relationship you might have had with your father, but um, that was an element of this movie that really hit an emotional nerve for me. And if it helps you in any way, for me, I, prior to my father dying of cancer, he had written out his autobiography. It sort of really filled in holes of his life and the way uh, he raised me. And uh, he had some, you know, deeply resonant uh, directions for me once he passed um, or before he passed rather but it was it was really amazing so I, I didn't know if the the story of Jodorowsky uh, sort of doing an homage to his father had any got anything from you or stirred anything in you yeah and when I, I heard your commentary on that and I was like oh yeah oh, I, I totally agree with you um, I can see how that would be uh, impactful for you my dad was my best friend he was you know, uh, a father figure that I, I just couldn't have asked for a better mm-hmm. father figure. Um, and so, you know, the, the anger that the father had, you know, very similar to American beauty is one of my favorite films of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Colonel and that with this repressed anger and this hurt and this paranoia and this, you know, um, that that was reflected in his, you know, and the actor was just very angry. It was, it was hard to palate, you know, a, a lot. And I kept wanting him to find some moments of sincerity and, and redemption. And finally he did at the end. Unfortunately, he came on so strong that there wasn't room for me to feel for him, you know. Um, and as opposed to an American Beauty, that character 
we don't see him enough to get weary of his anger. But when he is vulnerable, you know, the moment where, you know, he comes into the garage and has that moment of vulnerability, we get it. Um, with this, with this, the actor playing this, this father, I, I really wanted him to find, I wanted to see some vulnerability. I didn't need to know the backstory as much, although we, we got some insight into that. Um, but I really wanted, there were moments where I know he could have, he, he could have lived in some vulnerable places mm -hmm. and would have won me over a little more. Oh, that's great. No, I can, I can definitely identify with that. Um, uh, there was, yeah, there were, there were a couple of key moments where I could, because uh, my father, I think, went through a bit of a metamorphosis, you know, um, and so I saw different chapters of my life in the movie. So it was deeply personal, autobiographical. Um, I think the way he found his redemption by playing these different roles in the sort of back half of the second act, third act of the movie, I said, okay, I, I think I, this is his, uh, his apology, his redemption. And um, it definitely mirrored something that had happened in my life. Yeah. I was just curious what was happening in yours. So that's yeah, And I really appreciated your commentary on that. It really elevated my appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. And two, you know, I don't know how to rank quite as well quite yet. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, no, what am so I comparing it to? And, you know, so. I know. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird. But we have, like, 50-plus films that we've already ranked. So for mm -hmm. us, when we rank new films, we can kind of go back to those lists and say, like, well, you know, it's better than that one, and it's definitely not as good as this one. So it yeah. sort of helps us orient us. Um, well, uh, Aaron, uh, seeing how y your experience was most closely – to Brion's, do you have any uh, comments? Um, yeah, I mean, just coming back to how difficult this film was for me, um, much like Brion, I, I just felt very disconnected to the characters, and and it was kind of like that at the end of the film. We had all that redemption. He was a new man, and yet I was still disgusted by everything I had seen and just totally disconnected from the humanity of the character. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear him dissect it and kind of go, yeah, that's, that's also more on the core of why I, I ended this film and I was like, I still don't care about any of the characters and I'm just left with all this like disgust and images of this man peeing on radios and like just disturbing content. I'm like, what's the redemption here? And I'm just so frustrated as a viewer. Um, so, you know, it seems like a very personal film. It either really strikes something with your life or I love that analogy. I said on our last discussion, it's kind of like we're walking through a museum and I see a swirling uh, coat of paint on a wall. And I'm like, you know, ugh, it just looks like a swirl of paint. And then Yosh comes by and he's like tearing up and like, Oh my, I'm deeply moved by this painting. And it's just, it's going to be either or for you, you know, does it touch you in that way? Or, or is it just a work of art that you kind of look at and you're like, all right, I saw that once and we're going to move forward. I kept thinking of them people with masks as, as those are just regurgitated extras, <laughs> right? So yeah. I'm just going to mask them. And I, 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 I wasn't fully in, like I said, I love theater of the absurd. I love, um, I love pushing the audience's, you know, boundaries, but if it, it, it you know, it's gotta have 
I don't know. And probably there was some justification for it. I don't know if you guys can speak to that. Well, at the end of the day, with a film, with a film style such as Jodorowsky's, at least for me, it's it's like if you're going into the film um, looking for it to be anything like the way storytelling is done in America or standard storytelling is done. If you're looking for, you know, holes to poke at, you're going to find them because they're all over the place. But I will just say that, you know, one of the lines that sticks with me through that film is something is dreaming us embrace the illusion. And for me, embracing the illusion of it all allows me to to understand the humanity of what it is that he's exploring in that film, which is that there is a marriage of pleasure and pain. And so that's why those uncomfortable scenes, um, as much as as uncomfortable as they are, and I'm not saying they're not uncomfortable for me either. For me, they they represent something very deep and and human and animal that sort of um, brings me back to a a harsh reality and harsh truth of of what we really are. And I think that he searches um, darknesses of 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 the human psyche in a way that I I don't really see from anyone else. So so for me, I totally love his films, and I see humanity in it. I don't see ugliness. I see beauty, but. That doesn't mean that you know what you guys experience doesn't have value to it as well. And so um, I must apologize for putting you in. I don't know if you watched it with your part with your your husband, your wife, your husband. Your, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what your husband. He came in halfway through. He came in. He came in. Uh, uh, you know, I was I was curled up and just like shivering and watching it, and he came in, and I was and I that I, as soon as he came in, I was like, holy shit. Like that, right? When she started peeing on him, and it was oh. like she just peed on him. He's like, "What?" And saves so we rewound it and watched it again. What are you oh. watching? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, well, you're like, what fucking you know, podcast? He knows is that if I'm watched, like, he knows that I watch very, you know, I I watch the gamut of them. So, <laughs> well, I apologize for making you endure such a film when you were sick too. That's uh, that's that's rough. No, Yoshi, I, I you don't have because I'm grateful. Because I would never have seen this otherwise. I have a great amount of appreciation for it. I have a great amount of respect for it. I see a lot of uh, inspiration, uh, courage. I I, I see a lot of vulnerability. Um, I think when I think of Masterpiece, I think smooth beginning, middle, and end, you know? Mm-hmm. What would be a masterpiece in your eyes? Like, what gets a nine from you? I'm curious, like, where your scale? Because we know through sixty film, uh, sixty films, where our scale kind of lies. But what would be that ninety plus range for you? If I'm, I, I, I base almost everything out of feeling, um, and if I am left as an audience member uh, transformed a little bit. Um, gut, you know, gut punch or chest full or, you know, honestly, and you guys are probably going to laugh at this. If when I watched The Greatest Showman, my legs were shaking and I was jumping because it felt so good. Mm. Right. And I feel like that film, even though, you know, it's commercial and it's it's got all the right punches and everything, that film is a masterpiece to me, even though it's commercial, right? Um, Sounds and, right up Aaron's alley. I know, you took the words out of my mouth. I'm like, that's You put me in front of Singing in the Rain and I'll yeah. get 95, so. Singing in the Rain, American in Paris. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, cool. 
hey, uh, Brian, don't don't visit our website and because <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> the greatest showman two. <laughs> No, Singing in the Rain was a five for me. Oh, really? Um, singing in the Rain was a childhood that was that was eye opening for me as a yeah. as a kid. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why um, I, I chose uh, Dance of Reality for you was um, again because there is a scene in your film uh, Embrace of the Serpent where um, your character Richard Evans Schultz is that how we pronounce it? Schultz. Schultz is. Um, when you guys stumble upon this sort of hybrid Christian Amazonian cult um, that are, you know, off the rockers, and um, they ingest uh, a sort of uh, Amazonian plant medicine co- comprised of, I'm not sure what, but made by um, um and they sort of go on to this uh, cannibalistic, cannibalistic uh, journey of devouring each other. And I saw a lot of cripples in there. And I think that uh, the actors used were probably non-actors in, in that situation. And that just reminded me of Jodorowsky's films because every single one of his pictures has non-actors. Uh, cripples, little people, uh, handicapped people, um, just interesting looking people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of, we had the movie coming up and I was like, you know what? I think that maybe Ciro spoke to the cast about Jodorowsky. I guess I was wrong. Um, but so let's segue into Embrace of the Serpent.